Come on now, fellas. We've got to answer the bell. Now let's go. Today's presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao and Maurice Patton here on this Monday as we have a ton of exciting stuff to get to today. We're going to turn the lights on so we can see. Be light. Let there be light indeed. Mo, what's going on, man? Not much. It's Monday. It is Monday. Yeah. Um, pretty good weekend. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to some of the stuff we're going to be talking about today because one we actually get to talk about a titans win yeah uh, when they play at home they do good things it's clearly because all of the players are very worried that if they don't play well the guy sitting in the stands wearing the jersey named justin might take their spot i'm drafted free agent over here it's <laughs> clearly what the problem is <laughs> Or the solution. I, I, I don't. Guess. I don't know what the deal is, but I mean, I, I still think I still think he could block better than Andre Dillard. It's amazing though <laughs> what happens when your offensive line gives you time. It, it it it's remarkable, and yet as much time as they gave him, and as well as they blocked for 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 Derrick Henry, Andre Dillard still had a terrible game. I mean, so you know, you know, I'm I'm, I'm at this point, I'm not in a mood to. You know, kick on Andre today. I'm well, just listen. Here's what I'm, I'm. It doesn't matter at this point because two offensive linemen are coming back like this week. So I wonder if uh, which defensive player gave him some pointers. You know, he could just build up all this advice that he's getting, Dillard. You're right. I mean, he, <laughs> you know what? That was something that really kind of went under the radar last week. But when mm -hmm. a defensive player is telling you what they're doing to beat you, you must be really bad. You know, yeah, like not worried and about how, how bad are you yeah. when Miles Garrett says, dude, dude, check this out. Like yeah. I'm embarrassing you so bad that how I need to. Like, that I, I, need, I need you to be better. This wasn't even fun. This wasn't even any fun. It's kind of like when Larry would tell you what he was fixing to do and then, and then do, do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, man. When, when a guy is telling you, if you do this, then I can't do this. Yeah, and and yet the, comes back the next week and still struggles at times. Well, so. because it wasn't Miles Garrett. Because it wasn't Miles been better against Miles Garrett. Yeah. <laughs> well, we get a chance this week, right? Don't they play the Browns again? Oh God! Seriously. I hope not. Really? I, I don't. I, I I literally don't know, but it, it's. No, it's the Colts. I'm sorry. Oh, we're off this week. So, 
The Titans are off this week? Yeah. Yeah. Already? No. I'm sorry. It is the Colts. <laughs> I can't oh, count. Dude. It's the Colts. Dude. It's the eighth. The Colts on the eighth. They're off in two weeks before the Falcons. What a great show we have lined up. <laughs> Let me tell you what we've got going on. We're going to talk a lot of Titans today. We'll get to all of this later. Uh, we are going to talk about Southeastern Conference. A lot of wild stuff happened in the SEC this weekend. And it's only going to make this week that much more fun. Uh, we're going to talk about the rest of college football. Plenty to get into uh, in, in the world of college football as well as the NFL. So a lot of quarterback questions, by the way. Good and bad in the NFL. So <coughs> I, I'm interested to, to get into that. So plenty of, of great stuff to get into. We're going to do it very quickly. So let's go ahead and get you the weekend results and today's schedule on the rundown. This is the rundown. The Monday rundown is brought to you by Zion Christian Academy. And I can't read the rest of the read because Chris has got something in front of it. I have nothing. What? There we go. ZCA offers a faith-based Christ-centered education in Murray County. Give them a call today at 931-388-5831 or visit zioneagles.org to schedule your appointment today. Zion Christian Academy. Prepared for college. Equipped for purpose. Football action from Friday. Mount Juliet 31, Antioch 14, Pope Prep 34-33, winners over BGA, Blackman down Pure Academy 35-12, and Clearwater is up in 24-25 winner over Brentwood Academy. Centennial Blacks Glenwood 62-0, Hickman County 22, Cheatham County 6, Innsworth 42-2 over Christian Heritage, Georgia. Clarksville Blanks Northwest 55-0, it was Kenwood 46, Northeast 6. Clay County at 25-6 winner over Joe Burns, Rockville 31, Clay County 7, Columbia Central in overtime defeats Spring Hill 20-17. It was Columbia Academy 38, Clarksville Academy 7. He's a Harding an 11 to 7 winner over the Kings Academy. Fairview 34, Montgomery Central 20. Memphis University School with a big win over Father Ryan 28 24. Brentwood a 31 17 winner over Franklin. Franklin Road Academy 34 19 against Davidson Academy. Cookville 26, Gallatin 23. Nashville Christian edges Goodpasture 31-30 and Grace Franklin blanks Mount Juliet Christian 47-0. It was Green Hill 35, Warren County nothing. Stratford in a shootout over Hunters Lane 47-40. Independence blanks John Overton 35-0. Lancaster Christian 42, Southwest Christian Academy of Arkansas 8, Lebanon 41, Wilson Central 6, Lewis County a 26-7 winner over Harpeth. Liberty Creek a 47-23 winner over Kirkwood and Lipscomb falls to Christian Brothers of Missouri 48-21. Two and five looks. Mm. Also, it was Sycamore 48, Maplewood 28, Marshall County with a 41 nothing win over Creekwood. Montgomery Bell Academy defeats Knoxville Catholic 17-12. It was Laverne 27, McGavick 12. Mount Pleasant with a 90-yard kickoff return from Darian Mesa defeats Donaldson Christian 37-29. How do they not see the film? Anyway, uh, I asked this question and I got a bit of an explanation. We can talk about it on or okay. off air. Um, Nolansville defeats Hillsborough 20 to 16. Page with a 50 to nothing win over Lawson. Pearl Cone 49, Whites Creek nothing. It was Henry County defeating Portland 45 13. 
Friendship Christian with a 41-3 win over Providence Christian. Ravenwood defeated Summit 24-7. Brighton 48, Republic 6. Collinwood with a 20-13 win over Richland. Rossview 28, Dixon County 6. Smyrna with a 17-14 win over East Nashville. South Pittsburgh defeats Middle Tennessee Christian 18-6. <coughs> Excuse me. Hendersonville 21, Springfield 7, Eagleville with a 31-9 win over Tennessee Heat. Tullahoma defeats Lawrence County 41-6. It was Giles County 50, Watertown 34. I'm sorry, Giles County 50. Uh, Waverly 35, Summertown nothing. Christ Presbyterian Academy with a 51-0 win over the Webb School. East Robertson edges Westmoreland 13-12. Station Camp, 1-5 Station Camp, now 2-5 after defeating 5-1. Now five and two, White House, 21-15. And Greenbrier with a 27-15 win over White House Heritage. Volleyball action over the weekend. Oakland down Blackman 3-0, as did Warren County over Laverne and Oakland over Siegel. Blackman was a 3-2 win over Riverdale and Siegel defeated Rockville. Same score there. White County 3-1 over Smyrna. Stewart's Creek 3, Warren County 1-11-3. Stewart's Creek 3 that that looks like a district tournament. I don't think it was, but it certainly the teams certainly look like they it, would be. It does. It does. Girls, so. girls soccer action. DCA blanks John Overton nine nothing. It was Hillsboro six. Independence Academy nothing. STEM Academy seven. Clint Kenwood nothing. White House Heritage defeated Greenbrier four to one on Saturday. Sycamore down to Cheatham County in what I can only assume is a rivalry five to one. <laughs> Major League Baseball action over the weekend. The Braves dropped two of three to the Nationals, um, falling 10-6 okay. on Friday. They're winning 5-3 on Saturday and dropping a 10-9 decision in 10 in the season finale, leaving the Braves with only 104 victories on the year and home field throughout the postseason. As far as they go, Can, how do you lose two to three of the night? I mean, golly, because you don't care. <laughs> Marlins took two of three from the Pirates, winning four three fight. on Friday, seven three on Saturday, falling three to nothing on Sunday, but securing a wild card berth into the National League postseason. Congrats to the Marlins, puts them in better shape than the Cubs, who dropped two of three. <laughs> to the Brewers falling 4-3 on Friday, winning 10-6 on Saturday in a meaningless game because they've been eliminated by them. And we'll pause now for a montage of yes. the highlights from the Brewers-Cubs series. Can we get a montage, please, <laughs> J.K.? I wish I'd had one. That would have been so good, Dan. Yes. Come it. The Brewers put the Cubs officially out of their misery with a 4 to nothing <sighs> victory yesterday. I wish the Brewers had run the Ronald Acuna Montana. Gosh. That's what should have happened. Anyway, um, Cardinals take two of three from the Reds. Bouncing from a 19... Uh, okay, hang on. Cincinnati won 19-2 on Friday. Mm -hmm. Cardinals came back, won 15-6 on Saturday and 4-3 yesterday. And the Astros swept the Diamondbacks to win the AL Huge. West. Wow. How yeah. wild. Congratulations to Wade Neely. 2-1 on Friday, 1-0 on Saturday, 8-1 on Sunday. But the Diamondbacks are also in because the Cubs are out. 
That's right. College football action, Tennessee down South Carolina 41-20 to in the Super Bowl. Missouri, a 38-21 winner over Vanderbilt. Austin P down Lindenwood 52-10. And UT Martin doubled up Tennessee State, but the Tigers did cover 20-10 to final there. Campbellsville 34, Cumberland 16. Hashtag priorities, right? <laughs> yeah. Better than the, uh, the, the Chiefs who did not cover last night. But and one. People are very angry about it. <laughs> it's all Taylor Swift's fault. Uh, it's all Patrick Mahomes' fault for sliding before the goal line. They were eight and a half point favorites. They're up by three. He slides to end the game. Yeah, you want to talk about Matt. People are angry. As Scott Van Pelt would say, that's a bad that's beat. That's a bad beat. Yeah. <laughs> In NFL action, the Titans defeat the Bengals 27-3. WNBA, we have the finals, and it's exactly what we thought. The Liberty did defeat the Sun on Friday, 92-81. to The Aces advanced with a 64-61 uh, win, winning three straight in the conference finals, and the Liberty ended the Connecticut Sun season, 87-84 on Sunday. That was Dallas at the Aces beat. You would have thought that on Sunday that this would have been the Sun day, but it was not the Clearly Sun's not. day. It was not the Sun's day. <laughs> no. yeah. And in the MLS play, the Nashville Soccer Club makes the playoffs. For the sixth consecutive year, they've never missed the playoffs as a professional team with a nil-nil draw with Seattle. Zip, zip. Zip, zip. Volleyball today. Um, some of these are postseason matchups. Uh, Joe Burns is at Smith County. Davidson Academy is at Providence Christian. Friendship Christian is at Middle Tennessee Christian. Grace Christian of Franklin is at Good Pasture. Clarksville Northeast plays Kirkwood at Clarksville. And Zion Christian is at FC Boyd Senior Christian. That's a 6 o'clock start. The others, we have no idea what time they start. District 8 AA play at Murfreesboro Central. It's Giles County and Marshall County at 6. The winner plays Murfreesboro Central at 7. In District 10A at Mount Pleasant Middle School. What's the deal there? Okay. <laughs> Summertown plays Perry County at 5. Lewis County plays Collinwood at 6. And the host... Mount Pleasant team plays Hampshire at seven. And in District 11 AAA at Liberty Creek, it's Macon County and Greenbrier at 4.30. White, White's Creek and White House at 6.30. And Republic and White House Heritage at 8.30. Giving you plenty of time between matches to warm up because yeah. volleyball is the warming up the sport I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen a sport where they warm up as much as volleyball. But Have you played? I mean, I, I, mean I, I, I was an assistant coach my sophomore year as a, and, and there's a lot every of, tournament. I, there's a lot that you could pull well, in volleyball. So sure. You want to be good and loose. But it just loose. blows my mind. No, it, it, right after a match, they'll go over there and start hitting the ball. And I'm like, we just played. Let's go. <laughs> Trying to get out of here. It's 10 o'clock on Saturday morning. Anyway, girls' soccer action. Cornersville's at Loretto at 5 at 6. It's Cannon County hosting Middle Tennessee Christian. Columbia Academy at Friendship Christian. <clears throat> Gallatin hosting Nolensville. Good Pasture at home against Greenbrier. 
Cannon County is not at Watertown at six, or maybe they are. Middle Tennessee Christian is not at Cannon County, but if MTCS goes to Cannon County and Cannon County is at Watertown, that's going to be fun to watch. Ain't going to be nobody. Kalioka is at Columbia Central at seven, and Giles County is at Page at seven. NFL tonight, Monday Night Football at 7.15 on ABC. The Seahawks are at the Giants, and that, folks, is your rundown. <laughs> Schedule subject to change without prior notice. No kidding. I, I mean, you, you get what you get around here. Top story brought to you by our friends at Piggly Wiggly. Got a couple things we want to mention really quick. Number one, uh, Joe Williams, friend of the show, tweeted this morning, I guess, that uh, Franklin High School and Alex Melton have parted ways. Uh, Melton. As football coach, I don't understand. I mean, I'm not sure what this does for his teaching position, but there's an article on the website at williamsonherald.com. Um, Alex Melton was relieved of his duties Monday morning by Principal Shane Pantall. Former coach and current assistant Donnie Webb will take over the 0-7 Admirals with three regular season games remaining. Thing is, man... You just, you don't realize it, but Franklin was in every game. They just. Including a 31 to 17 loss that we just read in the rundown to undefeated Brentwood. They were right there. I mean, they were about to get over that hump and, and, and I don't know. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if they were going to get over the hump or not, but one. I don't know how you fire a guy after just losing a region game to an undefeated team by two touchdowns. I mean, Franklin played Brentwood probably as close as anybody has this season. I don't have the scores right in front well, of Well, I mean, yeah, let's see. Brentwood Academy lost by three. Henry County lost by three. But everybody else, 38 38-14, 43-6, 20-0, 38-0, 31-17. I mean, and everybody that I've talked to. Double overtime <clears throat> lost independence. Everybody uh, that I've talked to about Franklin football under Alex Melton has said they're playing hard. Again, you mentioned double overtime lost to independence, lost to Nolansville by. And we're, uh, we're up 23. And maybe, maybe that's, you know, maybe, maybe that's part of it. But clearly they were up 23 to. Seven or twenty-three ten at halftime oh, no of, of Nolan's against Nolansville, lost thirteen seven to, to Independence, and they were right there in that one. And you look at this schedule: Centennial, Franklin Road Academy, Page, Independence, Nolansville, Summit, and Brentwood. Now, go look at Hold this on. week's. Hold Go on. look at this week's Main Street Preps top 25. Hold on. Because the only team on Franklin's schedule that isn't in it is Summit. Hold on. Let, let, I'm 30 and 5. <clears throat> now, you get to Summit, and that's where things change. But outside of Summit, the combined record 
of teams that they have played is 37 and 5. 39 and 10, if you include something. Alex is a great guy, a good coach, Pantal said. I just feel like we need to make a move now to get a win before the end of the year. Sometimes in this position, you have to make decisions that you don't want to, that you don't want to personally, but they have to be made. And here's what's going to happen. They're going to lose the next two ballgames because Ravenwood and Mount Juliet are very good football teams. They're going to beat John Overton, and everybody's going to think it's because Alex Melton isn't the coach. And people who don't know football are going to think it's because Alex Melton's the coach or not the coach. That's what's going to happen. I hate this for so many reasons. And one, I don't like mid-season firings at the high it school level. It doesn't make sense. At the high school level. I regret that I can't finish with these kids, Melton said. There's something about these kids. The records don't have anything to do with it. When you come to Franklin on Friday night, the stands are packed. The student <laughs> section is packed. This team is fun to watch. If you haven't been to a game, I suggest you check out these boys. You will be impressed, I promise you. Forget the scores. Forget the results. These kids are fighters. They never quit and represent Franklin so well. Franklin was tied with Brentwood late in the third. It's at a, 17. It, it appears to me to be a depth issue. That's what it looks like. Just based off of what you know, what I've seen, watching scores throughout the night, you know, watching Charles Pulliam and Joe and and all those guys who are tweeting Franklin scores throughout the night. Is it, Franklin is right there in the first half through the third quarter, and then things just kind of fall off because they're much like Independence, and that's probably why they went to double overtime. They're playing a lot of guys both ways. All of their best players have to play 48 minutes, and that's hard to do. Franklin has led or been tied in the second half of six of those seven games. I mean, I'm not sure. I guess Franklin Road Academy is probably the exception. Probably. But I'm not sure. Yeah, 47 21. But Franklin Road Academy is really that mm. good, which we have discussed on this show. This, and <clears throat> here's the thing. I've known Shane Pantall for 40, 45 years. A lot of respect for him. Don't like this move. And I'll go so far as to say, I'm not quite sure that this was Shane's idea. Strictly speculation on my part. But it's it's, well, if there's it's anybody, pretty out of character for him. If there's anybody in this room who would have a feel for Franklin and the way that things work there, it would be you. Class of 82. <laughs> so I'm going to defer to you on that one. Mm, Hall of Fame. I'm just saying uh, it's... I know a little... All right, Devontae. There we go. She's so catchy. He's so yeah. Gosh, he's so good. The fact yeah. that the Eagles have what they have just blows me away. But this is this is unfortunate because look, it, it's no secret. Mo and I covered Summit on both of their state or all three of their state championship game runs, including that that state championship in 2020. Was it 20 or 20? Yeah, it was 20. Yeah. And you know we 
Tim Melton was defensive coordinator. He was the defensive coordinator teams. there, and, and and we, my in my other on the other side of my job in the news department, I work very closely with with Becca, his wife, and have a lot of respect for him and his his family, and love the guy dearly, and he's a good football coach, um, a really good football coach. And he's going to get a – he's going to have to answer some tough questions in future interviews about this tenure. I don't know that he will, though. Well, I think because... it just depends on where he, you know, where he wants to go. If he has to go outside of Williamson County, which he probably won't. But, but if people understand the situation there – Well, that's the, the question he's going to have to ask. That's the question he's going to have to answer. Why? What happened? And it's going to be tough to answer, and mainly because he respects his kids. But the fact is that this is one of the toughest regions in all of high school football, period. They play one of the toughest schedules. If you, if you find me another schedule that has the, a combined record of 39 and 10, please let us know. Please let me know. And tell me what that school's record is against them. Please and thank you. Yeah. So, and it doesn't, again, it doesn't get any easier. Ravenwood and Mount Juliet are six and one and seven and oh. Seven and oh. Yeah. Everybody on their schedule outside of Summit Independence are either six and oh or seven and one. <laughs> it's insane. So, I mean, and, and the good thing is Donnie Webb knows what he's getting into. Has been on the staff, has been in the school, in the building. He knows. So, you know, good luck to him over this next three games, and I'll be interested to see what happens after that. You and me both. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, we've got Monday Mirror Monstars and SEC football right after this. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. 
and it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. I get Justin. That's phenomenal. Big fan. Big Sweet. fan of the Monstars here. It is time to hand out some hardware. It is time. Well, stickers, hardware, whatever. To mention some of the biggest players of the week in, 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 in all of sports. So we'll start. And I'll, I'll go ahead and go first today. Because, well... Let's just say this kid lit it up. Cornersville senior running back, Ben Franklin. <laughs> Ran for 365 yards and seven touchdowns. Lit it up. <laughs> if, I'll send you a story that I wrote two years ago with the, the most ridiculous paragraph of puns I've ever put together in my life, and it is phenomenal. I was going to say, we love that. <laughs> it is, it is nothing. It's an entire paragraph of nothing but puns. <laughs> awesome. So I'll, I'll let you read it. But yes, yeah. seven touchdowns, 365 yards, 45 42. The, the Bulldogs went over Cannon County. He also had three sacks on defense and is the program's all time single, single season rushing record holder. He's committed somewhere, right? Is it FIU or FIU? Yeah. I think it's FIU. I'm pretty sure it's going to go play for Mike McIntyre. Which I guess makes sense. Let's see. He is Navy. Navy. In July. He he must have switched his commit because he was committed to FIU, I believe, at the time. But, yep, he got the Navy offer and is good for him. Yeah. All right. Navy well, has done a pretty good job around here. They really the have. Past, over the past, you know, 10 years or more probably. So, yeah. That's awesome. Um, am I next? You go ahead. 
um, my first Monstar is from a game that you covered, Chris, as Columbia Academy freshman Zane Nash rushed for 185 yards and two touchdowns in on 21 carries in the absence of 1,000-yard rusher Monte Baldwin as the Bulldogs won 38-7 against Clarksville Academy. I called him Noah after the game when I was talking to, to, to Seth. I was like – and Seth had no idea who you were talking he, about. He was like, who, who is Noah? And I was like, Zane. And he said, Nash. And I was like, I had the first letter and the last letter, right? Give me a break. I didn't know who he was. I've never heard of him before. And he was like. Well, the thing is, he's been playing defense yeah. as well. But, yeah. <laughs> he's not gotten a whole lot of carries because of 1,000-yard rusher Monte Baldwin. But he certainly took advantage of his opportunity on Friday night. Yeah. Justin. Uh, I'm going to go with um, – Christian Fulton, because thought you was about to take my next one. <laughs> because you know, I kind of ragged on him last time last week when when they played the Browns. <laughs> it's I'll be honest, you know, you know, whatever that coaching staff did or whoever turned the Titans around into the best team ever assembled is, you know, shout out to them. But yeah, Christian Fulton held Jamar Chase to two receptions and like 33 yards, so got to give him his flowers. Riley can smell him. Well, I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's a dog. No doubt. Um, had 20 carries, 106 yards, three touchdowns, seven catches, 71 yards, and a touchdown in, <laughs> in the win for San Francisco over the Cardinals. Um, they're scary. They're a scary team. Kind yeah. Yeah, they're 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 they certainly are. That's that 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 they are. Because I keep waiting for Brock Purdy not to be good, and he's just good and, and he's crazy. It really is. It really is crazy. And and I'll tell you, I mean, I don't think Trey Lance is not good. I just think Trey Lance needed right. more time than he was going to get in San Francisco. I don't think we've heard the last well, of Trey Lance, but I say that to say this. San Francisco has done a great job of identifying quality right. quarterbacks that a lot of folks were behind on. Um, and, and, you know, obviously Trey Lance now being in Dallas mm -hmm. makes a difference, I think. But it's what I think is interesting about that to me is, you know, yeah, Trey Lance probably needed more time. And had this not been – the the 49ers window, window and Brock Purdy actually fitting it, mm -hmm. he probably gets that time. But right. just, unfortunately, wrong place, wrong time for Trey Lance. Yeah. And then the opposite for Brock Purdy. He's making under a million this year in yeah. contract. It's, it's crazy. Insane. He's making basically a rookie deal minimum. He says he's got a roommate. That's true relic. <laughs> um, yeah. Is it my turn? Yeah. Is he the best player in college football? I don't know. But Georgia All-American tight end Brock Bowers, eight catches for 157 yards. Let's not short him. Including the 40-yard game winner at Jordan Hare. Jordan Hare, excuse me. As Georgia won 27-20 Saturday. Um, 
passes of 37 and 28 yards to help set up a go-ahead field goal, then had catches of 16 and 40 yards on the game-winning drive, the latter being the game-winning touchdown. I mean, there ever, has a tight end ever gotten that? The Heisman? I don't no. know that a tight end no, no. ever has gotten it. I don't know that a tight end ever will get it. But I mean, like the, that amount of yards in a game. Oh, I'm oh, sure. Well, yeah, I mean, there there have been some really good tight ends, but that's crazy. Though. This this guy, he's he should be in the NFL already for one thing. Yeah. But anyway, um, yes. that's my second monster. Who next? JK. Um, I'm gonna go another NFL player. Um, he is on my fantasy team, but I'm I'm you know objective here. Uh, Stephon Diggs, I've always liked him, so even you know when he was in Minnesota. Even though he's on the Bills, uh, he went off. Um, you know, got like I, I was my phone. I got updates, and it was halftime, and I he had gotten three touchdowns. Now it's just it's crazy to me when people go off in the first half like that, thinking that there's a whole other half of football. It's a, it's a bit ridiculous at times. It is. It really is. Like, how? I'm going to go with my final Monstar. Had a much better weekend than his brother, Talia Tungabaloa. Completed 70.5% of his passes for 352 yards, five touchdowns as the Terrapins moved to 5-0 and despite not being ranked. He is the first Maryland quarterback to ever reach 9,000 passing yards in his career. Oh, wow. There's been some decent quarterbacks come through Maryland, haven't there? Didn't Frank Reich play in Maryland? Yeah. Wouldn't have thought about that, but yeah. (laughs) Who else? Uh, That's... Yeah, I don't know. Very, very, uh, Boomer Assassin. Okay. Yeah. Boomer Assassin, Frank Wright, Neil O'Donnell. Like I said, and some pretty decent quarterbacks have come through. America. Danny O'Brien, remember him from a couple years ago? Yeah. He was solid. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Um, is it to me? Your final Monstar? My final Monstar is a name that area professional football fans will be familiar with. A.J. Brown, nine catches, 175 yards, two touchdowns as Philadelphia defeated Washington 34-31 yesterday. Just rip my heart out. Yeah. He's, he's, he's pretty good. He's so good. <laughs> yeah. Justin? Uh, my final one is uh, a guy that I root for. I, I, I like him. I guess a lot of people are on the fence, or you're either one way or the other, but Baker Mayfield throwing for three tutties uh, and just keeping the Tampa Bay Buccaneers good. Like, how about it? I feel like they just gave him the starting job like because it was by default, and now it's kind of like Brock Purdy, I guess, but he's killing it. Yeah, that's, that's one of the, the conversation pieces that we'll save for – for the NFL reaction segment, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. So, all right, there's our monsters. Let's talk a little bit about 
Tennessee and Vanderbilt, and we'll move the rest of the SEC to later in the show. Tennessee gets a big win over South Carolina. Despite my BVS, I, I never felt like the game was – I never felt like Tennessee was going to lose, but there was but always – I never felt comfortable. It, it was not It was not one of those the game was never in doubt. It was I don't feel like the game is in doubt, but I'm not going to give myself the ability to relax until I know it's until, in hand. Until it's triple zeros. And, and so – but that being said, a fantastic performance by the defensive front seven. Cade Mays makes all the difference in the world, I think. I mean, the way – or is it Cooper? It's Cooper. Sorry. Cade, <laughs> long gone. Cooper Mays makes all the difference in the world in the middle, and – it showed far more in the run game, I think, mm-hmm. than necessarily in the passing game. But a really, really solid performance by the offense, even despite two interceptions from Joe Milton. Uh, I don't know what I, I, for one the, of those interceptions. That that one where he was trying to throw back back shoulder to Jacob Warren. If he had thrown that out in front, that's six. Well, if he was trying to throw back shoulder, it was poor location in um, in two regards. I think he just underthrew it in fear of overthrowing it and being overthrown, Joe. And that could be. And I think that's I, I think the squirrel white throw was a back shoulder throw, and it was well done. Should have been a penalty, neither here nor there. The first interception, as you heard on the broadcast, I mean Jordan Rogers said, "Look, it's." It's not really on him that he did exactly what you're taught to do. You're taught to read the boundary safety and just so happened that they were in cover three and you didn't, you couldn't see it ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And he threw it, you know, trying to look somebody off instead of staring down the receiver, he missed the safety and that happens. Yep. That's not, that's, that, that happens a lot in, in college football. Going back to your offensive line comment. Tennessee rushed for 238 yards on 40 carries. That's incredible. Jalen Wright had 123 on 16 with a score. Jabari Small had 59 on 11 carries with a score. And Dylan Sampson had 49 on 9 carries with a score. Sampson averaged 5.4 yards per carry. Small averaged 5.4 yards per carry. Wright averaged 7.7 yards per carry. Yeah, Jalen You'll Wright's take legit. that. Yeah, Jalen Wright's legit. So and, and and I think which I mean I think Small and Samson are legit. Well, he's he was obviously right was aided by the really long touchdown run mm-hmm. to start the game, but you know and, and his yards per carry. But if you can get five yards out of your running backs every time they touch it, that's that's going to win you a lot of football games. That and, and they don't do that without superior play up front. Exactly, and just a really good job by that offensive line all night long. Uh, obviously the defensive line did exactly what they were supposed to do. They came into the game as the sack leaders in the SEC against the offensive line who had given up the most sacks in the SEC. And it was very clear that Tennessee had an advantage in the front seven. And on top of everything else, they played really well in the secondary. Of course, it's a lot easier to do that when you know your guys are going to get pressure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Complimentary football. 
it, and, and look, if that, that's all you can do. That's all you can ask for. Big turning point, I think, was the pick six at the end of the half. And what Shane Beamer was thinking, I'll never know. Why are you throwing the football there? Why? Force Tennessee to take a timeout, punt the ball away. Instead, that happens. <coughs> and let's just say that Mr. Haddon felt really good going to the checkerboards after the pre-game introductions. He has caught a lot of flack from the UT fan base for a long time. And so well, since last year's South Carolina game. So from that standpoint, like you said, that that had to feel really good for him. Yeah. And you know, I, Kamari hadn't played really well most of the time. The problem that I have with 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 Kamari Haddon is when he's not playing well, he's still talking trash. And I'm like, listen, man, you got to understand you can't I don't know though, man. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's something you can turn off and turn on. And and at least he's not a hypocrite. He's not there a front runner. He's, yeah, he's, 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 he's going to talk his he's talk. He's going to talk it. He's going to talk his talk, whether it's fifty to nothing. But either way, he's going to talk his talk. So I mean, but that's the problem that 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 I'm going to have because look, if you're struggling. Maybe you should shut up. I mean, I get well, it. But... Just focus internal. Mm -hmm. Stop worrying about everything else. Fix what's what's wrong. What what's going on with you? Then talk. Don't let it compound, and you know, and then eventually you get frustrated because you're not playing well. You're talking trash. And They're talking to you, to and now you got 15 uh -huh. yards. Yeah, yeah. Um, six sacks for the UTD. You'll take it. Vanderbilt, I thought, played well. I think Missouri just played better. Ken Seals had a pretty solid game. I didn't get to see any of that game. I was out on the baseball field. I, I, would, I will say this. It really, to me, Ken Seals' performance proved that Sometimes it's worth sticking it out because you get that opportunity. And I'm not saying that Ken couldn't have played somewhere else, but he got an opportunity to do, to, to, to take his team out on the field, went 20 of 31, two touchdowns, had an interception. 259 yards. But but considering that the team, as a team, they ran the ball um, for 41 yards. 41. That's tough. It's tough to win. It's really difficult to throw the football. Mm -hmm. And he did it. But they've got to find somebody. Well, and, and well, now, I mean, the question, you've got a quarterback controversy, right? Or, or do you not? I would hope so. Or, or do you not? Well, here's the thing. If you're going to lose, lose young. A lot of folks will tell you that. 
including <laughs> myself and then you. If you're gonna if you know you're gonna lose, you might as well lose young and, and let AJ Swan just work but it. Here's the thing though. Here's the thing though. At Vanderbilt, I don't know that you can concede to losing. I, I think you almost have to go. I, I think you have to break that rule yeah. at Vanderbilt and go with whoever gives you the best, best chance to win yeah. that day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, 99 times out of 100, I will tell you if you're going to lose, lose young. I've used it on more than one occasion. This might but be Vanderbilt, Yeah, Vanderbilt really makes makes a difference there. So I thought, you know, obviously – Missouri got up really big in this one and probably took their foot off the gas. But as a whole, I felt like Vanderbilt played well. They didn't they didn't make a lot of mistakes. Missouri was just better. And that's what you expect out of a top 25 team that's undefeated. So Vanderbilt only turned it over once, the one the one seals pick. So, so. You, you you got 2.1 yards per rushing attempt is abysmal. You can't, you can't, you cannot win like that. Nope. Not in that league in particular, and probably not many others. Right. Unless, of course, you're in the air raid, which they're not. So that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a break. When we come back, Braves, Major League Baseball, plenty to talk about. So we'll get to it in just a moment. Stick around here on Main Street Sports today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour to today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. 
And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. October 2nd, 1974, Hank Aaron hit a solo home run off Cincinnati's Raleigh Eastwick in the seventh inning of an eventual 13-0 victory. It was the legend's 3600th career hit in his final as a member of the Atlanta Braves in his final at bat, and was the 736th home run of his illustrious 21-year career. That was this day in Braves history. Hmm. Going out with a bang. It's starting to get tough for these days in Braves history. Well, uh, we'll we'll be coming up with some postseason yeah, stuff here. It'll be a lot before long, I would imagine. Um, first, want to say, you know, obviously hated to hear about Tim Wakefield. Uh, you go back to that '92 NLCS, and obviously. <laughs> Glad he didn't win it, but boy, he was probably going to be the MVP of that series, mm-hmm. and and ended up obviously the Braves win. <laughs> so there's that. But but had a heck of a series, had a heck of a career, won a World Series with the Red Sox, and so and was kind of instrumental in R.A. Dickey's transition mm-hmm. from a pitcher to a knuckleball pitcher. So, yep. Yeah, it's um, very unfortunate. I hate to see that. And yeah, there's a few Red Sox ties around here. Um, Michael Coleman, who's a um, who works with kids down in Nashville as an as an instructor, I guess, um, played for the Red Sox, was drafted by the Red Sox. There, there's a lot of folks around here with, with Red Sox ties. And so you know, our thoughts go out to the Boston Red Sox community and obviously Tim Wakefield's family. Did you did you happen to see George Kirby from the Mariners? Get hit with that ball? No. Oh, what? He threw a knuckleball in the Mariners game. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, I missed that. Uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. In the fourth inning, uh, he tossed a knuckleball against the Rangers to pay homage. So mm. pretty cool. Well done, George. No, who got hit by a ball? What, what George Kirby about? in his Dude, last yeah. start. Um, somebody threw a ball from the stands, which I'd want to know who threw it and go try to find him. But All the videos that I'm seeing are of him throwing the knuckleball. Yeah. So it's, that's unfortunate because I, I haven't seen it. But 
That was a heck of a nut ball, dude. He got a swing and a miss on it. Got a whiff. So, well done there. I hate that. Let's see if I can. Maybe I need to put in hit and see if I can. Got hit by a ball. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He's looking around like, where, where what does that come from? Yeah, exactly. That's unfortunate. Wow. That is wild. And now the, the manager's coming out. He's like, hey, wait a minute. What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> that is so crazy. Just, his look on his face is just like, you got to be kidding me right now. <laughs> that is, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure kidding is the word. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've, I've never seen anything like that before. Mm -hmm. Holy cow. Anyway, okay, yeah, that, that was great. Uh, that, was, that was worth looking up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, man. What, what a weekend for the Braves. The, let's just say Michael Tonkin doing his best job. He he tried to get them that record, and he, he he gave them every opportunity that he could get. And and to be honest with you, and it wasn't enough to put them in position to tie it. He tried to put them in position to break it by giving up three runs. <laughs> he was like, "Listen, we need two we, home we runs. We don't just need a solo home yeah, run. We, we, got, we need we need a couple. Yeah. So let's make it happen." Uh, and then Marcelo Zuna did. Well, he, he, he tied the record. He got it tied. And so the Braves now. At you least know, they hold the record. They they mentioned Ozuna hit three oh five, three oh six, and three oh seven. Yeah, Ozuna was the only guy swinging for the fences. Well, Eddie Rosario was swinging for him. <laughs> Missing a lot though. No, no, he missed about that much. Yep, he, he was he was he was just missing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the first team in history to slug over 500 mm -hmm. and had to have. So it was crazy because they had the 500 if they don't go to the bottom of the ninth. Well, once they got to the bottom of the ninth, they couldn't go over three. They had to get two total bases. Obviously, Ozuna's home run got them there. So they finished the year as the first team in history to ever slug over 500. That's insane. Had three players hit 40 homers. Ozuna got to 100 RBIs with his last home run. Seven players hit 30 or more, I think. That sounds right. I, I mean, it's just ridiculous. So well done to this Atlanta Braves offense. Now they've got to get to the now, – now they've just got to, you know, continue it next week. Um, before we get out of here, the Mets and Giants both part ways with their managers. Um, the Mets doing so allegedly via the old, you need to resign, wink, wink. Well, they gave him the opportunity to resign, I guess, because, you know, neither none of, none of the people who were on the Mets payroll at the time were necessarily in favor of him leaving, but they've hired a new president as of today, David Stearns coming in from Milwaukee. And apparently that was his desire that they, that that be one of the first things that take place that he, he gets to name his guy. And um, that gave Buck an opportunity to 
talk to his team and talk to the media and tell them what was going on rather than it had been after the season was over with because I don't think Stern started until today. So, but yeah, Buck is out and Gabe Kapler's out. And might be in. Let me tell you, I don't want to see Gabe Kapler in the NL East again. I don't know that that's the direction they go in, but um, uh, they've got they've got to find somebody who can who who can usher in these young guys who can they need a as weird as this is going to sound they need a, they need a Brian Snicker. They need a guy who who understands the 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 developing players for the major leagues. And they're going to have to do it at the major league level. Well, they need a minor league manager. Craig Council at Milwaukee, his contract is up whenever the Brewers are done. Mm. Stearns comes from Milwaukee. I don't know if that's a thing or not. Um, according to an article yesterday in the New York, uh, New York Post, <clears throat> Two guys' names came up that I personally am very concerned to hear. Ron Washington and Walt Weiss. I can't imagine Ron Washington. Look, here's the problem with Wash at this point. How long are you going to have it? How long are we going to have it? <laughs> I mean, at some point, he's going to go to the house, as he should. I mean, I would like to think at this point that this will be Ron Washington's last job. You know, if he decides he wants to manage, I'm all for yeah. it. Yeah. But I don't I don't know that he wants to. It's a lot of hassle. Especially that team. Especially going to that that that, In that market. Team. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I well, don't know Weiss, how realistic however, that is. Kind of makes sense. <clears throat> From what you were just saying about the the youth on that roster and that organization that they're going to be trying to shorten the learning curve with. Yeah. He, he would probably do well there. So we'll see. Not looking forward to it tomorrow. We'll, we won't know what's going on in that first game anyway. So we're going to hold off and make our playoff predictions tomorrow. But because one, we have no Braves to talk about because, well, it's, it's over. Season's over. So, but we'll probably do some speculating on the playoff roster, the the pitching rotation, and much more. And right now we're going to take a short break because Terry McCormick is standing by. We've got our daily Titans update. We'll react to their win as well. On the other side of the break, stick around. Main Street Sports Station presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint.
Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Time now for the Daily Titans update powered by Zen Sports from Titan Insiders Terry McCormick. Terry, what's up? Guys, it is your Titan Insider Daily Report powered by Zen Sports, which is changing the betting game for the better. Some good news for the Titans. It sounds like Peter Skaronski might have a chance to return to practice this week. He's been out the last three games. Uh, with that appendectomy, trying to recover from that. And it also sounds like they could get Kyle Phillips back off of injured reserve. He's probably going to start practicing this week as well. So, and that, you add that to Nicholas Petit Rare coming off the suspended list, and suddenly the Titans have options uh, at different things in different places. And things are kind of looking up for the Titans, who did cover. Yes, they did. By the way. Oh, yeah, they covered quite. <laughs> Quite easily. Good Lord. <coughs> Terry. You know, Mina Times had an interesting tweet yesterday. She said the one thing that she would do is not touch the Titans from a betting standpoint. I mean, does anybody know from week to week what this team is going to do? I don't think anybody knows week to week what this team is going to do or what they're capable of. I mean, it's been a roller coaster. About the only thing that you can put your finger on is they played very well at home and very poorly on the road. We'll see uh, if that trend continues Sunday in Indianapolis because, uh, you know, to continue the uh, betting analogy, the stakes are raised exponentially uh, when you start playing in the division, and this is their first division game. Look, the, the division is – it's weird because it's a mess, but it's it, it's not a dumpster fire mess. It's we don't know what kind of mess it is. It's everybody's just kind of here right now. I mean, so when when you look at the when you look at the way that this schedule lines up going forward, it, it seems like it's it's pretty pretty massive that the Titans are probably going to get two of their offensive linemen back depth wise uh, obviously you know skill wise is going to should be better what what do you feel like this week in practice is going to be about because obviously Anthony Richardson is a wild card oh, there's no doubt I mean even though he's a rookie they haven't faced a quarterback that you know plays with this style yes you could maybe say Deshaun Watson does but Watson really, truth be known, he would prefer to stand in the pocket and throw the football and not run around unless he has to, although he's pretty good at it at times. But uh, Richardson is just big and athletic. He's certainly very unpolished as a passer, so you would think that the Titans would have an advantage there if they can put some heat on him and get him wrapped up. But therein lies the problem. They had a trouble hanging on to Watson a couple of weeks ago, and he burned them with plays, you know, mainly throwing down the field with, you know, for X plays. 
But Richardson, if he breaks contain, he's able to take off and go 30 or 40 yards down the field and turn what should be a six or seven yard loss into a huge explosive play. There you go. There you go. Terry, tell us about Zen Sports. We'll do, guys. All right. Zen Sports, the new sports book in Tennessee, is changing the way you earn sports betting rewards. With Zen Sports, your rewards are cash rewards. You bet with real money, and now you're rewarded with it, too. Earn a whopping 5% cash back welcome bonus for your first 15 days when you sign up with the code MAINSTREET, M-A-I-N-S-T. Keep betting and keep earning every month after that with up to 3% cash back rewards on your betting volume. Best of all, earn cash commission on your referral bets with Zen Sports Referral Rewards Program. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. The dragon here, I saw it. Wait, no, they don't. There's no such thing as dragons. I swear, I saw it. It had huge claws. Get out of here. It had eyes as big as the moon. Come on, I'll show you. Wait up. <gasps> Do you that? We're almost there. Whoa! I told you so. That is a dragon. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Runner of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome, Teresa Walker. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, Ari Dickey. Ari, did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night. That was nice. Has five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham. Ryan McGee. <laughs> other guy in Wham married the best-looking girl Bananarama, so other guy in Wham had a pretty good life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, Chris Yao and Mo Patton here. And Mo, as we continue to talk a little bit about the Titans, um, you know, I was I was not optimistic about Sunday. How could you be? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I was I was more concerned with you know could could the offensive line hold up than anything. And I don't I, I don't understand how the same group, it was the same group, right, could look so bad against Cleveland and look credible yesterday against, you know, at Cincinnati, a defensive front that 
doesn't have Miles Garrett, but still, you know, isn't bad. And that's all we've said all along on this show is that all the Tennessee Titans needed from the offensive line was to be decent. Not great, just decent. Yeah, you know, uh, I mean, they came into the into the game ranked in the top ten in sacks in the league, and they looked decent. I, I don't know if there was a scheme, and maybe it was you know Tim Kelly showing off that you know he, he certainly has the ability to scheme around that sort of thing. Uh, if you if you did, I don't I certainly don't understand why you wouldn't have done it before, (laughs) but, you know, maybe they just felt like Dillard wasn't that bad until it was painfully obvious that he was. I don't know. Um, But Ron Tannehill, I'll put it this way. Ron Tannehill made some interesting throws yesterday. And I'm going to tell you that if Ryan Tannehill throws an interception inside the 10-yard line, that it's on purpose. <laughs> Seriously. Because, and, and someone else pointed this out. I wish I could tell you who. But in certain situations, you give one, you give yourself a chance to get it to the five-yard line. Or it's a punt. And with Ryan Stonehouse's inability to pin a team deep inside the, you know, like Brett Kern did, obviously he's improving, but he's not consistently able to do it. I think if if Ryan Tannehill throws a jump ball inside the 10-yard line and ends up being an interception, it's on purpose. So I'm just throwing that out there. Y'all pay attention. Maybe I'm right. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. I, I could be wrong. I don't know. No, it wouldn't be the first time. But it certainly feels like it to me. It, 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 it that's not a throw that Ryan Tannehill makes very often. If that makes sense, it's not something that he just does. He's a he might try to fit it into tight windows, but he didn't throw a whole lot of jump balls you know, deep into the, in, in, into you know, the defensive secondary. So I, I feel like this team is in a whatever it takes to win mentality. As I think about yesterday, one of the craziest things is they didn't have Traylon Burks yesterday. And they still won about three touchdowns. Nick Westbrook Aquina as a two is not bad. As a three, he's very good. (laughs) (laughs) And it's almost like we've been saying that for how long now? Uh, Three years. I mean, people on... Titans Twitter gave him business for a long time. And it wasn't really good. And it wasn't his, at no point was was NWI ever supposed to to have been that. You're asking him to be something he's not. 
Yeah. He's not a number one in the National Football League. And 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 there's nothing wrong with that. That's okay. Know your role. It, it's the issue is when somebody tries to make him be a number one, or when you look around the receiver room and he's the best guy in it. That's the issue. That's the problem. <laughs> That's not his fault. Right. I didn't tell you not to go get anybody else. Certainly didn't tell you to trade A.J. Brown. So. And, and didn't tell Julio and Traylon to get hurt. Or, or, or didn't tell or Julio, Julio or, or right. Robert Woods yeah. or whoever else. Anyway. Yeah. You know. So, I mean, as a number three. He's pretty darn good. He's, you're you're going to. He, he's in the top half of number threes. The, and, and Chris Moore, I don't know what he did yesterday, thing. but he is a guy who has been a little unheralded. Well, in, he only had the one receiver room. As he well. only had the one catch, which he ended up fumbling. But the fact that he's, he's on the guy. field mm -hmm. is you have you have to account for him, and you feel like he deserves better, more attention than Nick Westbrook-Akina. Now that may that may change, but here's the thing: when Traylon Burks gets back, your receivers are DeAndre Hopkins, Traylon Burks, Nick Westbrook, Akina, or Traylon Brooks, Brooks, Burke, Burks. Yes, you fourth down the Traylon Burks, DeAndre, and Chris Moore. See, I don't think so. I think I think Westbrook Akina is a better receiver, especially in the three, because he don't play. You don't play on the outside. You play in the slot a little bit more. Hmm. I don't think I think Moore's a slot guy. Okay. So, mm -hmm. to me, it feels like that's a the depth that receiver, as long as DeAndre Hopkins is healthy, is disgusting. And, and capable of winning football games with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. And, oh, by the way, a duo in the backfield who is perfect for one another. Like I said, a team that feels like win at all costs, whatever it takes, Derrick Henry feels that way, feels like he is comfortable giving way to Tajay Spears. Well, and not necessarily given way because they were both in the game at the same time a lot yesterday. Yep. There was one particular play where they were lined up in the backfield, split up. Tanny faked it, faked the screen to um Spears. To Derek. No, he okay. faked it to, to Derek and okay. then threw back to Spears yep. around the right side. And you know Anything that even looks like the ball may be going to Derrick Henry, you have to honor it as a defense. And you turn around and throw it back to the other side to Spears, who who runs like is that? That's not when he fumbled, was it? I don't believe so. Okay, no. I was thinking because you know, on one run he fumbled going left, ball bounced back to him, he got, cuts back and goes around the. No, head. that was a different that was just run. A run. Okay, I couldn't yeah. remember it because one. I was in and out uh, watching the game, and I, I come into the replay of 
Uh, Jay Spears running around right in. I'm like, all right, that's great. And then I realized they showed it again. And I, I realized it was actually a play designed to go to the left. If he, until he fumbled going to the left, yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, oh. And, and then he kind of had that, oh, shoot moment. Yeah, and he took off, and, and, and I think it was a pretty big game, it about was. 30 yards. Yeah. And so, you know, this, and I thought, as Justin said earlier, Christian, Christian Fulton played really well. Of course, again, easier for the defensive backfield to play well when your front seven is getting pressure, and they pressured Joe Burrow all day long. Mm-hmm. It's it a great win. A, a solid team performance. Seven different guys caught balls for the Titans yesterday. Which sounds great unless, you know, you have certain receivers on your fantasy team. I don't, but someone probably does. <laughs> I have Traylon Burks on my fantasy team. It's not working out real well right now. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Um, other quarterback questions in the NFL, Mo. Mm-hmm. Number one. Should C.J. Stroud have gone number one over Bryce Young? Or would it have mattered who was the quarterback? Carolina, Houston. I feel like most all of us knew that quarterback was not the only issue for Carolina. So even if they had been reversed, I'm not sure that C.J. Stroud would necessarily have been any more successful in Carolina than Bryce Young has been. I feel like that's kind of, I think that's the case. I'm not sure. Now, now I think I'm not sure that Bryce Young would be as successful in Houston as C.J. Stroud is. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But I don't think C.J. Stroud would have had any more success in Carolina than Bryce Young has. I'm going to say this, and people are going to laugh at me when I say it. <clears throat> but I think Houston was in a much better position to win quickly. Certainly more than Carolina. But I think Houston is in a pretty good position. I don't disagree with that. I think they were last year in a pretty good position. Davis Mills won some football games for them. If they'd had a competent quarterback last year, I think they would have probably won six or seven games versus two or three. Well, I'll say this. I also think Houston made a better coaching hire than Carolina did. Oh, yeah, there's no question. I don't think there's any question at all there. I don't think that Carolina needed to make a coaching change from Matt Rule, but that's when they did. Well, they, well, they hired. They didn't. Guy. They didn't need to make a coaching change necessarily from Matt Rule. And then they and hired then they, a bad guy on the, on the back. Well, then they should have kept the interim guy. Yeah, they should have kept the interim guy. So, yeah, they made a bad so, hire on the back. So they they probably shouldn't have hired, fired Matt Rule. Was it Steve? I can't think of his last name, but he was the former Cardinals coach for one year before Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. Speaking of bad firings. I I think I think Wright is probably the worst of the three. Yeah. There's no question. And and so now the Texans are sitting there, by the way, 
Let me let me just pull this up so that I don't tell a lie. Don't tell a lie. Will Anderson, number eight in the NFL for edge rushers in win rate. The guy that Pete Golding had dropping back into coverage all year last year. Oh. And so... Do, do, is that a horse that really needs to continue to be beaten? Yes. Because Pete Golding's defense, and we'll get to it in a minute, gave up <coughs> 40 gazillion points, and luckily their team they were playing decided to also not play defense. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I mean... Will Anderson, great pick. C.J. Stroud, great pick. If C.J. Stroud had fallen to the Titans, I would have had no issue throwing him out there this year. And I was hoping when when his when his test came out, and everybody was talking about that that test that he supposedly failed. Mm -hmm. I thought he might drop. But the Texans were smart enough not to to realize that not to fall for the okey don't dope. don't fall for that. Don't so for the unfortunately dope. now, <clears throat> wouldn't it be something if in two or three years we look back and Trevor Lawrence is the worst quarterback in the AFC South? <laughs> That'd be wild, wouldn't it? Because I think C.J. Stroud. Look, Anthony Richardson has his issues. But I think that I think he's capable. I think he's got some. I think he's got talent. Anthony, now, whether or not he Anthony can, Richardson isn't the person that concerns me in that equation. No. Yeah. It's it's who is the Titans quarterback, mm -hmm. and I, I don't know who that's going to be. If if we look back in however much time it is, and Trevor Lawrence is the worst quarterback in the AFC South. The Tennessee Titans quarterback at that time is not on their roster. <laughs> You're probably right. Continuing, Taylor Heineke. I don't know if did you watch the Toy Story? No. Okay. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. I what, saw some clips. The Toy Story football game is genius. <laughs> Two reasons. As Columbia Academy. Offensive line coach Alan Moat tweeted, said, they're slowly explaining the basics of football, like and how it works, to children and new Swifties <laughs> who are watching. <laughs> but I saw a guy who who made a TikTok and, and videoed his kids watching the game. He said, I finally got my Sundays back because the kids can watch that and they're entertained by it. <laughs> and also Booger was made for this. <laughs> this this is perfect for Booger. Because it, you know, he everybody kind of made fun of him kind of like Madden with you know, here's a guy who when he puts his glasses on he can see better. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Booger kind of has but that is perfect mm, for for that. For that. Right. And it works. <laughs> so I thought it was interesting. I watched it and I watched a little bit of it. I ended up turning on the actual game eventually. But Taylor Heineke's got to be the quarterback in that game. Desmond Ritter's terrible. Heineke was good in Washington. I don't know why you're not Heineke's playing. Heineke's been good everywhere he's been. Everywhere. And I don't understand why the guy's not playing. Well, uh, 
Atlanta Falcons fans because there's a huge overlap between Braves, Braves Twitter fans, and yeah. Falcons Twitter. And so yeah, we Atlanta get a lot of Falcons it. fans would agree with you. Absolutely. <clears throat> and I think Arthur Smith is smart enough to know that. He's done it before. But you know, he's it's done it before. <laughs> it's tough when you have spent the draft capital, either the pick or whatever you traded to get the pick, on a quarterback. It's tough. It's tougher to turn away from a quarterback than it is any other position in the NFL. Okay, but let's think about this. Doesn't it make more sense to put the veteran on the field and let him? win football games while also teaching and training and letting your young guy learn a little bit, whether or not Ryan Tannehill's not my job to mentor, whatever, <laughs> whether or not he's mentoring, he's still learning. He's, but, but he's, he's getting these reps in practice doing, you know, and yet you're also still winning football games because Taylor Heineke is a really good quarterback. He mm. is the, Probably the, the the Neil O'Donnell slash Bubby Brister of our day. I mean, he everywhere he goes, he just wins football games. Seems so. So I, I'm putting him in if I'm Arthur Smith. And you mentioned earlier, J.K. Is Baker Mayfield good? I don't know, man. I think so. Like I I, I think Baker Mayfield benefits from having some receivers. I, th I think he works hard. I, mean, like, I, was, I agree with that. I was surprised that he, uh, or not surprised, but I was pleasant, you know, pleasantly surprised that when he, you know, got kind of the starting role for Cleveland stripped from him, he handled it like kind of like Jalen Hurts did when Tua went in, just like put his head down, worked, and then proved his worth in the next couple teams. You know, now he's in Tampa. Okay, but now let's just throw this out there. 62% completion rate against the Vikings, two touchdowns, no picks. Against the Bears, 76%, 317, touchdown, no picks. The Eagles, 60% completion rate, 146 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. The Saints, 78% completion percentage, 246, 3 and 1. So what you're saying is he's doing his best stuff against bad teams. Bad teams. Okay, well, I mean, it's the schedule that's in front of does, you. Doesn't that does, – I would dare say that that's a trend that you're going to see out of most quarterbacks. They're going to have more nope. problems against good teams. I don't know if you can fault Baker. I guess, I, I'm just saying, yeah. does that change the answer of is Baker Mayfield good or is he just simply serviceable? I don't. Yeah, I don't think he's elite. You know what I mean? No, he's, he's not elite. They don't but have in to the, be. In, they don't have to be. In the NFC South, they don't have – how is it that the NFC South and the AFC South are the two worst divisions in the National Football League? And that's a great question, Mo. We should do a deep dive into that because I just cannot tell you to save my life. I mean, Atlanta, New Orleans, Carolina, Tampa Bay, Tennessee, Indianapolis, Houston, and who am I forgetting? Jacksonville. They are – we're fixing to find out because I mean, if there is, are they not twenty-five through thirty-two? 
Oh, 100%. It's funny. So, None of those are runaways either, like leading either division. You know? <laughs> yeah, no- Tampa's 3-1, and one, but, I mean, you just heard their schedule. Mm-hmm. Now they've got the Lions next. Mm. Oh, Lions. Lions. get the Falcons, that's a win probably, right? Is it? I mean, I don't Just know how you can quarterback is in, in that division, though. Uh, then they got to go to Buffalo and to Houston. I, I think that's, and then they come here. They won't, they won't be better than two and two after that stretch, uh, they, or they, over that stretch. Then they come here. Then they go to San Francisco. Well, loss. Then they go to Indianapolis. But then they got the Panthers, Falcons, Packers, Jaguars, Saints, and Panthers. Mm-hmm. This team could win 10 ball games Against that schedule. <laughs> so, I mean, is Baker Mayfield thing, good? They could, they could win 10 ball games and not be great. It doesn't matter if Baker Mayfield's good. That's what I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. He's good enough, and that's he, what matters. Right, he's like Blaine Gabbert going in for Mariota throwing 47 out pass, passes, you know? Well, I mean, think about this, though. Like, like we just said, you're talking about a guy who's got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, you know, whatever Trey Palmer gives you. But Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are really good options. Who's the tight end? Uh, Cade Otten. Okay. What happened to your boy from Alabama? Where is he now? O.J. Howard? Yeah. Uh, I think he's in Buffalo, isn't he? Is he? That's a good question. I don't know. Um uh, he is currently with the Raiders. Oh, God. That's bad. Yeah, that's unfortunate for him. Who did the Steelers beat? They're 2-2. Two and two. They're bad. The Steelers? Yeah, and, and Mike Tomlin's not happy about being bad either. Speaking <laughs> of quarterbacks, are they good? That's a no. For Kenny Pickett? Yeah. I haven't watched enough of them, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. The Steelers' schedule. I, I think I think Kenny Pickett's probably been asked to do more than he's capable of at this point in his career. The Steelers beat the Browns. That makes you feel any better. We'll figure, man. And the Raiders. Raiders. And they lost to Houston and San Francisco, thirty to seven to San Francisco, thirty to six to Houston. Well, I mean, and they got the Ravens next. It's not I looking mean, good. I, there's no shame in losing to the 49ers, right? Nope. Now. Yeah. I mean, the Browns is a pretty good win. Right. So, hmm. of course, that was the game that Deshaun just looked like a, like Trish. an idiot out there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we've talked about it on this show from time to time. I mean. This is what the NFL wants. It's exactly what the NFL wants. That's this is this is their goal. Is for every week for, to for, be for you to not know, not have a clue what's coming. And I don't. Nope. <laughs> yes, truly. This what? I mean, I'm kind of glad we picked college games instead of pro. Oh, games. It, that's <laughs> why we don't. Because I just don't know. I mean, every college, every. Uh, I, program, I feel a little bit more as badly. As we as we are. By the way, last week the anomaly back to four and six. Went four and six again. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> it's yeah. ridiculous. We'll, we'll talk more about that Friday, but uh, yes, um, <laughs> the 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 guy 
guy on this show that knows the least about sports had, had the best week last week. Well, it, it it's picking against the spread is the hardest thing to do. It really is. Clearly. And that's why people who are good at it make a lot of money doing it, and that's all they do. <laughs> so let's take a break. College football reactions, SEC, the rest of the stuff that happened around the college football world, all of that coming your way in just a moment here on Main Street Sports Today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's, it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao and Mo Patton here. Let's talk a little bit about college football. We'll start in the SEC, Mo. Ole Miss and LSU, as I said, decided not to play defense. And Yeah, that was the type of game that if 
it had been Oklahoma State and Baylor SEC fans would have looked down their noses at, you know? And that's exactly what they would have done. Yeah. It would have been and have. So. Uh, no question they have. You're exactly right. So that being said, it was kind of fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, unless you were LSU. Well, I mean, as an outsider, it was fun to watch because Ole Miss had to score 21 points in the fourth quarter to win it. Uh, they were down most of the time. So I had it on my, my small TV, just kind of keeping an eye on it because I was watching <laughs> Alabama and Mississippi State for a little while until that became useless. Mm. Uh, but, but yeah, Ole Miss just never quite went away. Makes LSU two and one in the SEC. But it makes them three and two overall. LSU is out of the playoff discussion no matter what, right? Even if they win the SEC? You would think. With a I mean, loss with two losses? Florida State as the other one? Yeah. Even if Florida State's the number one seed? Yeah, I, I don't I don't see everybody how... else in the country would have to have two losses as well. Everybody. Yeah, I think so. So Ole Miss kind of saved their season to a degree because here's the thing if LSU was to beat Alabama, now you've got a three way tie if nobody else loses. And then what? I don't know how that works. You say if LSU was to beat Alabama. And and I know that a lot of your Alabama concerns are based around Jalen Milrow at quarterback. And I get it. And their inability to snap the football. <laughs> but that's correct. That, that probably is a good thing. That's correctable. Um, I think. Yes, I, I was going to make a comment, but I'm not ready to make that comment at this point. So Jay I, I was headed somewhere, and I'm going to stop. Had the highest quarterback rating of any quarterback in the SEC this week. Mm -hmm. Jalen Milrow still can't throw the football very well. But one doesn't necessarily have to listen. I, I'm just going to say this, and I hate to say this because I like Mississippi State, but they're terrible. They're terrible. They're not very good. And so you can say what you want. They're not very good. To me, I'm not even looking at that game. That's that's To me, that's like beating Southern Miss at this point. And so, I, I mean, clearly – Alabama's got two tough tests, well, one, and then Tennessee. I don't think Arkansas at home is as tough as it probably was. They've got to go to A&M, who, by the way, defeated Arkansas in the Southwest Classic. Max Johnson makes this team scary. Is he an upgrade? I think he is. I think Max Johnson's skill set makes him an upgrade for Bobby Petrino's offense. I think he reminds me of a lot of Bobby Petrino-type quarterbacks. 
Hmm. And there's one guy in particular that I'm thinking about. Um, kid from Arkansas? Mm -hmm. Ron Mallet. Uh, Ron Mallet. The late Ron Mallet. Despite being, yeah, he's not, obviously, Max Johnson's not six foot seven. But, yeah. But he, he, he's just that type of quarterback. Mm -hmm. And if Texas A&M has found something, and here's the thing, I think defensively Texas A&M is very good. Mm -hmm. They're not going to give up the RPO run option. They're going to force Jalen Milrow to throw it on Saturday. And I'm just telling you that he's not going to be able to do it. So Texas A&M showed me something. They're 4-1 right now. Mm -hmm. That loss to Miami is a tough loss. But I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a do you in type of loss. I think everything they want ahead of them. No, it's not a do you in type of loss, but it certainly kind of puts you on notice, I think, or puts you on, you know, high alert, maybe. And maybe that's what it did for A and M. Here's what I'm telling you: is A and M scares me a lot more today as a Tennessee fan coming in here in two weeks, even off of an off week than they did after last week. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Kentucky, same thing. Now, I, I, Devin Leary's not good. But he doesn't have to be if Ray Davis is going to go for 300 every week. And... I'm not sure. I don't think that Kentucky can win very many football games with Devin Leary going nine for nineteen for sixty-nine yards. Because I don't think he, I don't think everybody's going to be going to give up two hundred eighty yards to, to to Ray Davis. But so what you're saying is, if Ken Seals and Ray Davis were both at Kentucky. Right, <laughs> or a little mashup, or, or if they were both at Vanderbilt, as they were last as year. They were. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you saw Keaton Wade get absolutely laid out on Saturday by his own guy. Oh Lord, uh, he's not. <laughs> there was a, a pass over the middle, and he and Dion. I can't think of his name, last name, but we're sandwiching the receiver, and let's just say Keaton took the brunt of the sandwich. So friendly fire, huh? <laughs> and so, and he he tweeted, he said, "I'm just glad he's on my team, <laughs> so I don't have to get hit by him." But <laughs> but it was wild. But yeah, I mean, this defense is really good. They showed a lot. I, I was impressed by Kentucky, but I still. I, I think that Tennessee has that same mental block on Kentucky that Florida has on Kentucky. And even though we've got to go to the to Kroger Field, I, I feel like Tennessee still has the ability to beat this Kentucky team. I tell you what, if that will be that will be one of the great mysteries of this season if Tennessee loses at Florida, 
Kentucky beats Florida at Kroger Field. Tennessee beats Kentucky at Florida at at Kroger Field. I mean, well, especially if this weekend turns into a certain way, as Kentucky goes to Georgia for a six o'clock mm. matchup between the hedges. I, I think that is the most intriguing game of this upcoming week, and we'll talk about it more throughout because Georgia struggled, period. They struggled against Auburn. Mainly, they struggled stopping the run. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I don't know what Georgia's problem is. I don't know if it's just as simple as um, being young and inexperienced at the quarterback or, or what exactly it is. But well, he was 23 of 33 for 313 yards. Now, yeah. again, eight, eight for 157 was Brock Bowers. He makes it a little bit easier for you. Lad McConkey makes it, you know, he, he's, a, he's a guy. Well, McConkey hasn't been there all year, though. Right. right. Yesterday was his first game. He had four catches for 38 yards for, you know, but but he's a guy that you can count on on third down when, you know, when Bowers is double covered, triple covered. You can go to it. That being said, they don't run the ball very well. Which is unheard of. It's a problem for Georgia. For Georgia. Right. And I think this was one of the weirder weeks in, in college football for the SEC. Weirder than last week. <laughs> well, here's why it's weird is that it kind of went exactly as you would think it was going to go outside of Florida just getting drilled by Kentucky. I thought Kentucky was going to win because I don't think Florida's very good. A lot of people are making Florida, are, are, are pumping Florida up because of that win over Tennessee, and, and I can understand why. But if you're not – if you don't understand – the dynamic of that game, you will put too much emphasis on it. What happens in that game has to be taken in a vacuum. You have to, it is a singular thing that is not a part of the rest of the thing of college football. Just take it out. There are certain games that you can do that with. That's one of them. I think Texas Oklahoma is one of them. And to me, that's just kind of it, just pretend like that doesn't exist. Judge everything on everything else that happened. I see what you're saying. I understand what you're saying, but it's hard to pretend you can't that do doesn't that. exist. But but yeah. I know that. You you but I mean again, you're you're not necessarily wrong. I mean you almost have to take that out of the out of the equation. And it was a weird week anyway for everybody. I mean, Alabama nearly lost to South Florida. It was just a weird week. It was mm -hmm. like Mercury was in Gatorade or something. Isn't that what it is? No? Anyway. That's not what it is. <laughs> something like that. But that's kind of where the SEC – the SEC was, was weird because it kind of went the way you expected. Ole Miss-LSU was a shootout, as it has been for a number of years at this point. 
Alabama destroyed Mississippi State when everybody thought Mississippi State had a chance. Tennessee whips Well, <laughs> Tennessee whips South Carolina pretty good. A&M beats Arkansas, as everyone expected before the year. I mean, outside of Georgia only winning by seven, which we said on this show would happen. We both – we did you pick – I think he picked Auburn too. Did we all pick Auburn? Um, yes. No, no, no. I picked Georgia Cook. Wow. Yeah. Well, as I said <clears throat> on the show last <throat> week, weird things happen down there, and you just yep. you, you got again. That's Georgia Auburn is a game that you can take out and put into that vacuum. Well, when it's when it's at Jordan Hare. At Jordan Hare. Not at Sanford. Not between the hedges. So anyway, that's just kind of where we're at with the SEC right now. It's 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 an interesting dynamic that we find ourselves in. Next week is going to be even more unique. So other questions around college football. We asked the question last week, what did we learn about Colorado? What did we learn about Colorado this week? Again, I I don't know that we learned – we certainly didn't learn anything that, if you were paying attention, you didn't already know against Oregon. <clears throat> and I think if you learned anything this week, you learned that they're going to continue to fight. They got, they got, they have zero give up in them. Now, I think USC took their foot off the gas a little bit. I think USC. They, and, and they may very well have, but again, that's not Colorado's fault. No, but here's what I'm saying. I mm-hmm. think I think USC went into the ha- in, into halftime thinking they just got their butts kicked last week. We're kicking their butts this week. Mm-hmm. Let's just go get let's get out of here get healthy of here. and 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 go. And Shadur Sanders said, "Not oh, no. so fast, my oh, friend. No. We're we're not done. we're not done. <laughs> we're not done." <laughs> so what I think we learned about Colorado is one, they have the ability to play with anybody in the country. It's just a matter of, I think, I think they did a really good job at halftime making some adjustments, which is the hallmark of a good coach. And I think, I think Dion, I think one, I think Dion's a great motivator and two, I think he's had great football coaches around. Well, yeah, I, I think he's put some good people around him, which some guys seem to struggle with, and you would have kind of expected Dion to be one of them. Yeah, a, a guy who doesn't, who who wants to be the smartest guy in the room. Mm-hmm. I don't know. See, the more and more I watch these documentaries and these one-on-one interviews with Coach mm-hmm. Prime, the more and more I feel like he knows what he doesn't know, and he plays and up what he does know. Mm-hmm. And what he knows is we don't stop. I don't care what they're doing. We're going to do us. And here's what we want to do to change it. Go to your position, coaches. Make adjustments. Figure it out. Get in the, get in the room. And they made, a, they made a valiant effort. Mm-hmm. A valiant effort to get back in that one. And I, I was pretty impressed. Neil Brown has West Virginia rolling, Mo. West Virginia. And who'd have thunk? 
Who'd have thought? Because he was coming into the year. He was a he was the hottest of the hot seats. The hottest, and and that loss to Penn State did not help to start the year. And and that's tough because I, th- I mean I think Penn State is going to be better than Penn State's going to win the Big Ten. That's mm-hmm. what we think. I mean, we've and, said and that. so I mean I don't I don't know why that would have necessarily put him on the hot seat. Oh, he was on the hot seat way before that. That just didn't help. Here's the problem. Pitt 17-6, Texas Tech 20-13, and TCU 24-21. That's, those are, and Duquesne. Those are not scores that you feel real comfortable about. Here's the positive. At Houston, terrible. Playing awful. Oklahoma State, at home, I've already seen what they're, capable of losing, who they're capable of losing to. At UCF, struggling without John Rice Plumley. See how, see if he's back by then. That then here's where it gets tough. BYU at home and at Oklahoma. But I don't see any reason why they don't they can't win the next two two of the next three ball games, Houston, Oklahoma State, UCF. Well I can tell you that at coacheshotseat.com Neil Brown is not among the top 12. There you go. So, uh, so <laughs> let me interrupt you just a second. Billy Napier, three. Tom Allen, who just fired his offensive coordinator, Dixon County graduate, yep. Walt Bell at four. Um, Hogerson, five. Brent Pride, Virginia Tech, six. Jimbo, I'm sorry, seven. Jimbo, eight. Butch Jones, 10. Butch Trent, Jones is 10? Trent Dilfer, 12. Dilfer's not. On the hot seat. Well, I assure you, Trent Dilfer's not on the hot seat. Well, Did you know. see what happened on Saturday? Did you see the, no. the video? When I tell you, Trent Dilfer was absolutely livid and had good reason to be. You can grab him by the face mask, dude. He. Justin, do we have time for you to pull it up? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Let me see if I can get it. You can get it, get it. He, okay. First and goal at the one. They go tempo. Run it, won't get it. They go tempo again Mm -hmm. at the one. Tempo is meant to do two things. Here we go. Catch the defense. All right, hold on. Catch the defense off guard and put them into base situations. It's the goal line. There's nothing but a base situation. And if your goal, and and if you're going to run it up the middle with your quarterback anyway, take your time and do it right. No, they fumble going into the end zone, and Tulane gets it. Would have cut the lead to three. Instead, Tulane gets it to the 20. They get a three and out. Sets up to punt. They got 12 men on the field. He goes ballistic. Let's see it. Defense. Oh, no, that's, that's just part of it. That's just the first part. An unbelievable mistake by UAB's defense and Trent Dilfer beside himself. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Trent had every right 
to be upset in that situation. Trent had every right to be upset in that situation, but he can't be. Uh, why? Nick Saban did it on Saturday <laughs> against against. Oh, now we compare Nick Saban and Trent Dilfer. I am I'm comparing the way that he, Nick Saban whipped a player's butt on the sideline. Literally whipped him. I don't care how good you are. If you you either can act that way or you can't act that way. Period. We're not. I'm not. I'm, Trent Dilfer had every right to be upset. He was. It was a critical point of the game, and they gave them a first down with that penalty. Had an opportunity to get the ball back, go in and score. They were. They were. They were here, playing here, really here, well. Here's my thing. Hold on. And, and we're we're close. I, we're, I know. Oh crap! We're over. We are. All right. Well, come back tomorrow. We'll finish that discussion <laughs> on Main Street Sports today. Sorry about that. We'll see you then.